Hello, hello, y'all. Hey, it's me, Robin. And before we get into today's episode, I'm here to let you know that the club is open right now for new members. I'm going to take a couple minutes to fill you in on all that the club is offering right now. So if you know for sure you're not interested in joining the club, you're just going to want to hit the forward button a few times until you hear that baffling behavior show jingle. Okay, so the club is a virtual community for families of kids with vulnerable nervous systems and big baffling behaviors. Many families in the club are parenting kids with a history of complex trauma, but definitely not all. Some are parenting kids with vulnerabilities that emerge from their neurotype or their sensory system or their giftedness or their neuroimmune disorder. And of course, some have no idea why their child's nervous system is so vulnerable. The primary purpose of the club and why I've created it the way that I have is connection and co-regulation. Because when I reflect back on my time as a therapist, it wasn't the skills and strategies and tools and techniques I taught parents that mattered the most. What mattered most was how connection and co-regulation strengthened their owl brain so that they could stay more regulated in the face of the chaos in their home. Then they could, number one, actually use the tools, and number two, start to feel a little bit better even before the tools started to work. The club can be accessed online both through your browser on your computer and through an app. And it's open, of course, 24-7. There's a very active forum, a huge video library, and multiple live events every month. Sometimes I teach a masterclass on a specific topic. Sometimes we come together for group coaching or just to ask questions and pick, pick my brain. We have two sessions every month called Connect and Co-Regulates, and those are designed to offer exactly that. There's no teaching, no coaching, just a place for you to be seen and heard by people who get it. Currently, we are also offering once a month bonus sessions for siblings of dysregulated kids. The club is intended to be kind of like a buffet. There is a ton in it, not because you're supposed to do everything in the club. You take what you need when you need it and come back when you're ready for more. If you could use a little extra support, consider joining us. You can read all about all the details over at robingobel.com slash the club. I'll put a link in the show notes And we're open today until the end of the day, Friday, May 3rd. All right, y'all, here's that episode you're waiting for. Hello, hello. I'm Robin Goebel, and this is the Parenting After Trauma podcast, where I'll be taking the science of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human and translating all of that for parents of children who have experienced trauma. This podcast was created to get you free, easily accessible support as fast as possible. So each episode is the audio from my weekly Facebook lives with no fancy or time-consuming editing. Check the show notes for any links, downloads, or resources I mention. Thanks for inviting me onto your journey. I hope you enjoy. Boundaries with connection is what I wanted to hop on to 
Facebook and talk with y'all about today. This is a pretty common conversation that I'm having really regularly with parents, with professionals who are supporting families, you know, as we do the work to shift into a more regulation, connection, and felt safety approach to parenting, to being in relationship with our kids, and away from a more kind of behaviorist or punishment way of supporting our kids, some pretty common questions seem to arise. If you aren't very familiar with this regulation, connection, and felt safety approach, I'm going to put a link down in the comments about a free training that I have over on my website. It's about 45 minutes long that covers kind of an introduction to shifting into a more regulation, connection, and felt safety approach to parenting. It's an intro though. So it's, there's so much that's not covered. And again, this boundaries or consequences or kind of this question of like, but if we don't use consequences, how will they ever learn? Or sometimes I get the, yeah, like I really, I really buy into this model and I really want to parent or be with kids or teach, be in the classroom with kids or be in my therapy office with kids in this way. But what happens when it doesn't work? Right. So those are some pretty common questions that I get that I just thought I'd pop on today and chat with y'all just a little bit about it. So Typically, I get those questions from adults when one of two things have happened. One is they still haven't completely shifted over to this regulation, connection, felt safety model, meaning they um, really like many aspects of the model but a full kind of jumping into really believing in the relational neurobiology of being human is there are still a few, um, a few steps to take before being like fully into that model. Cause what I have, what I have found and what's been true for myself is that once I really, once I really bought in, like once I really was like, eating and drinking and sleeping and using the relational neurosciences and all of my relationships, not just in the therapy room, but with my child and with my spouse and with my friends. Um, Once I really bought into it, the question of like, well, how will they ever learn? Or, well, what do I do? And it doesn't work. That just sort of floats away because that's not really the question that we're asking right? The question becomes what parts of regulation do we still need to spend time with? Or where are there lapses in connection or health safety that I hadn't, hadn't noticed before? 
So that's one reason, one that there's still some time to really fully uh, immerse ourselves in the model. And that's, that's fine. Um, that's, it takes time to really be with this kind of new paradigm in a way that it feels all encompassing. The other thing that I see happening is when that question comes up is that adults have just lost their own, you know, stronghold in their own regulation. So the question of, but, but what do I do? Or how do I give a consequence or, or how will they ever learn? That's often a clue to me. Like, Oh, I'm just, I'm with an adult who needs some support with regulation or connection or felt safety, because that's where our brain goes. When we shift out of our own window of tolerance, when we lose some of our own regulation, our own connection to ourselves, our own felt safety, we start to panic. We start to um, lean into some of our old ways of being and our old beliefs that are really deeply entrenched in our culture and in our own neurobiology that we need a punishment, that we need some sort of specific consequence, right? So oftentimes that's all that means, right? That, oh, as an adult, that's just a sign that I've lost some of my own regulation, connection, felt safety. Because regulation, connection, and felt safety applies, applies to everyone. That applies to us too. In fact, um, I'm working on something that's because if you if you're familiar with me, you know that one of my phrases is regulated, connected kids who feel safe and, and also know what to do, they behave well. Sometimes we have to redefine what behaving well means, but they behave in developmentally expected ways. Right. But the same is true about parents, right? Regulated, connected parents who feel safe are parenting in a line with their values and ideals. So to go back to thinking about boundaries. So this approach to the parenting, regulation, connection, and felt safety is definitely not boundary-free parenting. Yes, Alethea, that's right. We as adults lose access to our thinking brain too. I, there's probably a delay, y'all, and when you guys are writing comments and when I'm seeing them. Um, but yes, I, yes, Alethea says we lose access to our thinking brain too. Says, That's absolutely true because we are just as human as our kids are. We just all have our own unique vulnerabilities about what places us at risk of losing connection to our thinking brain, right? So... But this approach to parenting, this relational neuroscientist approach to parenting, connection-based parenting is definitely not boundary-free parenting. And sometimes I, that, that seems to be what is experienced by folks who are newer to this model, that it feels like because there's no punishments, because there's no consequences, and what typically people mean when they say consequences, punishment. Um, that means I have no tools left to hold boundaries. So that's a place to just pause and be with ourselves and notice what boundaries even mean, what boundaries are, and what other tools do we have for boundaries that aren't punishments, because there really are there really are quite a lot, right? So if we think about consequences, again, I just said consequences are often 
um, used just to replace the word punishment that we've sort of shifted into that, especially in the, in the parenting world, we, we've started to talk about consequences. We really just mean a punishment consequence. The word consequence just means the thing that happens next, right? So if I put my hand on the hot stove, the consequence is that my hand gets burned, right? It wasn't a punishment. It wasn't contrived by another human. It's just the thing that happens next. So parenting through the lens of regulation, connection, fault, safety, in, in my mind, doesn't mean consequence-free. It definitely doesn't mean punishment-free. Or I mean, it definitely doesn't mean um, boundary free. It does mean that we are anchored in our belief that regulated, connected kids who are feeling safe and know what to do behave in developmentally appropriate ways. That doesn't. That means that sometimes they do things that they're quote unquote not supposed to do, right? Because that's developmentally appropriate. And we don't need to rely on punishments to teach kids how to act appropriately if we focus on their regulation, if we focus on connection, if we focus on felt safety, human beings are designed to be in connected relationships, which means we're designed to behave and be in the world in ways that invite relationship. If we're focused on regulation, connection, and felt safety, I don't need to punish somebody into acting correctly because the regulated brain and the connection that I have with that person and their experience of felt safety in the environment and in themselves and in our relationship is going to allow like pro-social behaviors to emerge. I wanted to pause the episode real quick and read you this testimonial from one club member. This person writes in, the club has been life-changing for me. For me, feeling alone in the stress and the overwhelm of parenting a child with complex trauma has been traumatic. Here in the club, we are finding healing for ourselves by feeling seen and heard and validated, even though we may have come here for our children's healing. Oh, y'all, that is exactly what I'm trying to do in the club to create a space that's for you that also brings healing to your kids. So the club's open for new members until April 28th. We'd love to have you. RobinGobel.com slash the club. All right, let's get back to the episode. That means that sometimes we have to make adjustments to allow our kids to be as successful as we hope that they can be out in the real world. And by adjustments, I mean adjustments in um, how much, how like adjustments in using their own internalized regulation, right? So, so a lot of times difficult behaviors in kids mean 
they need more connection to a regulated adult. And I can almost certainly guarantee that if you started tracking some of these really difficult behaviors, what you'd see is they're happening in times when kids are losing access to a regulated adult, either because that adult is no longer super regulated or that adult is no longer um, able to provide the close co-regulation that that child needs. For example, getting through like a transition, um, you know, that moment when everybody's finally ready to get out the door and then you, you know, quick grab your keys in your, uh, your keys in your purse and, and make sure the dog is created. That's what we're doing at my house. Right. And in that moment, right. Of everyone's finally ready. And now we're actually leaving. That is oftentimes a time where there's some behavioral problem. Well, what has happened is that the co-regulation has been severed. Right. Um, parents are often saying to me, well, as soon as I'm not with my kid anymore, as soon as they're not in my sight, or as soon as I leave the room, then these behaviors erupt and I can't trust them. And it totally looks like trust. Like it absolutely feels like mistrust. Like, oh, you only behave the way that I'm expecting you to behave when I'm there watching you. And that definitely can feel, um, like a trust issue. But what that usually is, is a co-regulation issue, right? That when we're with our kids, they have enough access to their own thinking brain. They have enough access to their impulse control. They have enough access to the part of their brain that thinks into the future, right? Like if I do X, Y is gonna immediately happen and it's something I want, but then Z is gonna happen in 10 minutes when my mom comes back in and, and I that's not what I want, right? Those are pretty high level brain functions. And our kids need a lot of co-regulation in order to access that part of their brain. And so, so often boundaries with connection can mean tightening up the literal distance between us and our kids. It, boundaries with connection means seeing their behavior and seeing the times where they struggle and seeing the times where they are, you know, having a difficult time complying with the expectations as information that we need to make some adjustments to their experience, to their environment, to how much literal physical distance they have from us or emotional distance they have from us. So when I have challenging situations in my own house, if I'm regulated enough, which is definitely not all the time, right? I you know, th make threats and lob out absurd punishments as much as the rest of us do. But if I can maintain my own regulation and there's something going on in my house that's not really the way things are supposed to be going, I'm asking myself these same questions. It, what's happening with, their, with this person's regulation? Is this person feeling connected to me? Is something going on with felt safety? And how do I make adjustments to that? You know, with kids who have experienced early trauma and then have some 
we could say like developmental delays in the development of their own internalized regulation. What that often means is we're providing more co-regulation for these kids than their same age peers. We're providing more co-regulation for these kids than we really wish that we had to, right? Like, I don't want to hire a babysitter for my teenager, but if my teenager repeatedly shows me that when I'm not home, they're making decisions that aren't safe for them, I might be faced with the need to hire a babysitter for my teenager to bring an adult regulated brain into the experience to offer my kids some co-regulation. Boundaries with connection might mean my 10 year old can't be dropped off at birthday parties. You know, I always use that example and I really need to stop because I know there's not a lot of birthday parties happening, um, happening these days, but you know, boundaries with connection might mean that my 10 year old needs me to be present on the sidelines at their extracurricular activities. These aren't punishments. These are noticing the amount of co-regulation that your child needs in order to keep their thinking brain involved. And their thinking brain is, again, impulse control, thinking about consequences, um, you know, valuing the relationship over just what they want to do in that immediate moment. A regulated brain is required for all of those extremely complex social skills. So often helping our kids be successful involves kind of like tightening the reins, like bringing them closer to us. Have they have fewer freedoms away from us as their same age peers. So without a doubt, this can feel like a punishment to your kids, right? I am not promising that, you know, connection-based boundaries and connection-based consequences won't be experienced as a consequence by your kids. We ultimately are never in control of somebody else's experience, right? And so my suggestions for that, my suggestions for this moment of like, okay, well, I can, I can offer these boundaries. I can offer this, um, this way of supporting my child's need for co-regulation, but my kid experiences that a punish as a punishment, what do I do about that? You know, my, my, my first thought about that is first of all, make sure that you aren't delivering it as a punishment. Um, because I know that even those of us who are like really committed to this model and this belief that regulated connected kids who feel safe, you know, are doing do well, it's still easy to get lulled into wanting to use a punishment, wanting, you know, we're, we're so hopeful that something we could do could solve this problem that we accidentally eke into um, punishment mode unintentionally. So that's my first, you know, suggestion is just double check, just double check your experience. And is there any part of you that is offering this boundary or this consequence as a punishment? And if you notice that, that's just a moment for a lot of self-compassion, a lot of acknowledgement at the bravery for even looking at that, um, a lot of 
compassion for ourselves for how hard things are in this moment that what we want to do is lean into a punishment right then we can move back into regulation and maybe we can do that quickly or maybe we just need some time maybe before you know offering up this new boundary or offering up you know the the consequence and the consequence meaning the thing that happens next we just have to take time to get regulated so that we can make sure that we can offer the boundary um, let our kids know about the new boundary while we're regulated that's important for two reasons one is that that helps us you know stay out of punishment mode two that helps us be open and available for our child's reaction <laughs> because no matter how you offer a boundary it is still very possible that your child reacts as if you um are offering a punishment and that means their reaction might be one of anger uh tantrum i, I mean the, the the sky's the limits right um so we want to make sure that if we're regulated and our kids feel us as offering a punishment, but we haven't offered a punishment, that means that we can stay present and available and continuing to offer boundaries for whatever their reaction might be, that they are allowed to have a reaction, that they are allowed to to feel mad about the new boundary that all of that is you know is is allowed right that doesn't mean that the boundary that we have to set needs to be changed all right so let's see if i can do a little bit of a recap i wonder if i can if i can do that we talked about when it's common for parents to shift into, ah, but what about a consequence, right? And that that so often means um, that that parent has lost some of their own regulation. That's fine, that's normal. Let's just notice that, offer ourselves compassion. And we talked about how we, you know, boundaries and consequences with connection mean creating an experience that allows our child to be successful and receive the amount of co-regulation that they need in order to be successful in that moment. And then we talked about what about when that consequence of that boundary does feel like a punishment to a child, to the child, to our child, and that we our responsibility is to make sure we aren't offering it as a punishment. And then our next responsibility is, can I receive and hold my child's feelings about the fact that it feels like a punishment to them? All right, well, this was super fun. I do have um, a blog article that I wrote, I don't even know when, a couple of weeks ago about boundaries of connection. I'm gonna pop that into the comments as well. And then again, um, there are, um, all, all, earlier in the comments, there is a, link to my free video series, Regulation, Connection, Felt Safety. If this is a new approach to parenting for you, I'd love you to go and, and grab that. It was awesome to be with y'all today. I look forward to doing these more and more. See ya. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally someone gets me and my kids, but also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? 
All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash being with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you can get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you can just head to my website download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.